The Mariners were radio silent for about a month. A month! So naturally, they made two moves on our day off. Let's talk about them. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Saturday, January 7th, 2023. This is Tidding Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. All right, folks. It's happened. The Seattle Mariners have signed a free agent. They now have their right-handed hitting corner outfield bat that we've been talking about over and over and over and over again on this show. We finally know who it is. According to Jeff Passan of ESPN, the Seattle Mariners are in agreement on a one-year $7 million contract with veteran outfielder AJ Pollock. This is pending physical, of course, so that means that it might take a while for this to become official, but it is being reported by Passon, so you know it's probably happening. All right, so Colby, this is a guy that we've talked about a lot on this show uh, over the past few weeks, especially as this free agent market has continued to dwindle, and Pollock has started to make more and more and more sense for the Mariners. There was, of course, a report that came out a while ago that was linking them to him as well. And so I just want to get your first reaction on this, and we'll talk about kind of how he fits and and all that. And we're also going to talk about Justin Topa, the right-handed reliever the Mariners acquired from the Brewers as well later on in the show. But, Colby, let's start with your reaction to the contract, uh, the signing for uh, or the signing of A.J. Pollock. Uh, initial reaction is this has to be the biggest move the Mariners have made this offseason ahead of even Teoscar because, as we know, the only way to really improve your team is through free agency. You have to spend free agent dollars. It's the only way you can improve your roster, and that's exactly what the Mariners did here. So I'm sorry, Teo, but the biggest move of the entire offseason for the Mariners is actually A.J. Pollock because they gave him $7 million, and that's all that really counts. There you go. That's my initial reaction, but... uh no, in all seriousness, it is it's it's about the per, it's about as good of a fit as you could possibly get, um, considering what was left. Uh, Pollock is a guy who, as we know, traditionally crushes lefties over the last three or four years. He's in the top ten uh, of OPS against lefties. He's you know right in the same range as Aaron Judge and and Randy Rosarena and like some really really good bats, right-handed bats. So um, he's a great compliment to Kelnick because you know if Kelnick falls flat on his face. You can use AJ Pollock in left field on a pretty much everyday basis for, you know, two or three months uh, until you can address that issue at the trade deadline. But if Kelnick hits, then Pollock is the perfect complement to him. You can take lefties off of Jared Kelnick's plate and have him just focus on hitting righties, knowing that uh, Pollock will crush lefties. And in the off chance that you know Kelnick is really good and Pollock is also playing really well, you can still DH Pollock or Kelnick. Um, and you can get them both in the lineup at the same time. The move also doesn't preclude them from uh, doesn't preclude them from going out and still going being aggressive on Brian Reynolds or Tyler O'Neill and getting an everyday DH or an everyday left fielder. 
this move doesn't prevent them from doing anything. And, and I think a lot of people are staring at his 2022 numbers, which, you know, should carry the most weight because they are the most recent. But in 2021, he's pretty good. I have it written down here. 297, 355, 536. That's as yep. an everyday player for, for Chicago in 2021 or was still the Dodgers? Uh, that was the Dodgers. Yeah. So that was playing against lefties and righties. Again, he's a guy who ideally isn't playing every day for you, but if you have to do it, you're okay. You're going to be okay. He can still catch the ball pretty well, uh, still runs pretty well. Um, he's definitely got power, particularly against lefties. He's just a great fit overall. Um, he is a, a really um, it, it, it's he's almost too good of a fit to the point where like we almost were like, well, that's not going to happen because Jerry doesn't go for the obvious guy. He doesn't, you know, we talk about a guy for months and he'll go and find somebody else we never talked about. Well, in this case, he talked mm-hmm. about a guy that, or he went out and he got a guy that we've talked about, you know, second or third most of the entire he's, season. He's done that. He's done that. Or they've done that quite a bit this off season. Actually, this yeah. is, uh, we've, we've kind of joked about how predictable the off season has kind of gone. And I mean, I guess that's also pretty easy when you have so much time in between moves and you start to, uh, you know, see yeah. how the, the picture is coming together and all that. But, uh, the options become pretty limited at that point, but yeah, nevertheless, this is, uh, you know, this is chalk for the Mariners essentially. Mm-hmm. Like this makes a lot of sense for them, uh, especially where the uh, with where the free agent market was at the time of the signing. Uh, and this is a good addition because uh, like you mentioned, he was fantastic against lefty uh, pitchers last year. 161 uh, WRC plus, 69 WRC plus against righties. Not very nice. Uh, but the year uh, before that, however, in 2021, pretty good against righties as well. Good against uh, both sides. Uh, 131 WRC plus against lefties, 139 WRC plus against righties in 2021. Uh, just looking at the overall numbers, though, for Pollock in Chicago, his lone year with the White Sox, 245, 292, 389 with a 92 WRC plus. He was worth half a win by Fangraph's metrics, 18.6% uh, strikeout rate, 6.1% walk rate 14 home runs 56 rbi three stolen bases uh but that's a pretty hard regression from where he was the year prior right colby because like going from a 137 wrc plus to a 92 kind of feels like there's there has to be something else going on there because i mean you know pollock is we have to mention he's 35 years old uh Mm -hmm. but even then you don't typically see guys regress that significantly in terms of the numbers right there's a pretty good chance this is a, a buy low opportunity uh because pollock has been pretty good for a while now and, and 2022 looks like the outlier not the new norm uh it's entirely possible that you know that pollock has just you know happened to hit a cliff at the exact moment he went to the white Sox, and, and now there's not a lot that the Mariners can do and he's not going to return the kind of value we're hoping that's fine because it's a one-year, $7 million deal. You can DFA this guy. You can trade this guy. Um, there are a lot of different avenues you can take. And if he does return to his 2021 norms, this is a guy you're going to want in your lineup pretty much every day, lefty or righty. Um, and honestly, if he returns to 2021, he's a guy who you're probably going to hit in the top – you're probably going to want to hit in the top five, um, which is saying something because the top five in the Mariners lineup right now looking pretty pretty stacked. So, um Again, there's there's always risk in deals like this, but they're mitigated greatly when they're one-year type of deals. And what you're asking the player to be good at is something that he's been good at for his entire career, including in a year 
Whereas you said his overall numbers kind of went down the drain. So you're not right. asking him to be something he's never been. You're just asking him to be what he has always been. And if he adds more to what he did last year against righties, it's a bonus. So there's very little risk to this deal. Um, and it does have some serious upside. You know, Pollock has can get enough at bats against lefties and righties. He could be a two win player. Um, and considering, you know, what, what you kind of got from Jesse Winker last year in left field, you know, the, it's a possibility the Mariners get three, four wins out of that left field position, cons- to, um, you know, depending on how Kelnick plays. Right. All right. Well, I want to talk more about how he could be uh, placed in the lineup. Uh, how they might deploy him in general uh, in just a moment here. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bars at Built.com. Now, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the AJ Pollock signing. Uh, yes. All right. So let's talk about where uh, Pollock could fit in the lineup. You kind of talked about the upside for him in the lineup a little while ago. But where do you think just as of now, as of today, season started tomorrow, opening day, where's AJ Pollock hitting? Uh, assuming it's against a left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's hitting somewhere in the top four. Um, I think that there's a very good chance Julio is going to be the leadoff guy going into the year, obviously both against righties and lefties. Uh, and then the number two spot is kind of up for grabs. I, I think Ty France is a pretty good fit there, particularly against lefties. Uh, but this is where you could use Pollock. Um, and I think it's probably one of those two. And then you look at three, four, you're probably going to have Tay Oscar, um, and Gino, uh, in some order at three and four. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you want to, if you want to put, uh, Ty France in the two hole, then I think Pollock probably hits fifth. Uh, I could see him hit as low as seven, both against righties and lefties, because particularly against righties, um, you still have, uh, Tom Murphy, who is very good. Um, and you're probably also going to have Dylan Moore, but I would assume Dylan Moore is going to hit nine when he's playing period. Uh, they like to have the speed in front of Julio. Um, so I, I would imagine Pollock is probably going to hit either second or fifth against mm-hmm. left-handed pitching. If he has to take over the lion's share of the job and hit against righties as well. Um, I think he probably slots in no lower than seventh. I, I think that's probably a good spot for him. So as of now, Mariners don't do anything else from here on out in the lineup 
uh, Pollock DH against righties and then left field against lefties and Kelnick on the bench against lefties? I think primarily, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, they're going to rotate guys through the DH, so there might be days against the righty where, you know, Cal Raleigh's going to DH that day and Tom Murphy's going to catch against the righty. Um, you know, and, and so I think that's probably uh, what's most likely to happen is that a majority of Pollock's at-bats are going to come from left field or DH, but they'll also probably play him in right field a little bit when they want to give Teoscar a DH day. But yeah, I think primarily um, Pollock is going to get most of his at-bats as a left field uh, slash DH. And my guess is, is that what the Mariners would really hope is that Kelnick steals that left field job and Pollock eventually is a bench bat who kind of cycles through the outfield against lefties and DHs on occasion. Um, I think that's probably what they're really hoping, but um, you know, more likely than more likely than not. Yeah. He's going to be the primary DH if they don't make any more moves. All right. So let's talk about that. What do you think is next for the Mariners now that they've gotten this veteran corner outfield bat that we've been hearing about from Jerry DePoto and those around the club? What's next? Well, well, we know they hit their quota on free agency, so obviously they're not going to sign any more of those hey, guys. Higher contract than Nori Aoki. Now the bar is AJ Pollock, folks. Yeah. We did it. We did it. <laughs> All right. So, right. yeah. What, what, what do you think now? Is Brian Ren- like you talked about it? Obviously, this doesn't preclude them from doing that, but do you actually think that's where their focus still lies? <clears throat> My uh, my thing with Brian Reynolds has always been it's it's a bit of a pipe dream. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think that they can outbid the other teams who are interested, and that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to win a bidding war. Um, they'll still be involved, and again, uh, the caveat we always use, who knows what Pittsburgh likes. Maybe they love Emerson Hancock, and that's enough, but it seems unlikely. So uh, I think what you're kind of looking at right now is I think they'd like to add kind of a, a DH type, but I think they also want to have that spot potentially be open. So I – you know, I, I don't know if Nelson Cruz is much of a fit anymore um, just because they kind of have their fourth, four outfielders and they want to rotate through the DH. But if you're not going to trust Kelnick against lefties, you have to have Pollock out there against against lefties in the field unless you want to use Sam Haggerty, I guess, in left field and DH AJ Pollock, which, I mean, I guess you could do that. But I still think there's room on this roster for a maybe not full-time DH, but maybe somebody who DH is four times a week. And then finds mm-hmm. the bench and, and you use them off use them off the bench if you have to. Uh, is a guy like Nelson Cruz going to be open to that? Because if he is, then that deal actually could make some sense. Um, but you just look at what's out there left on the free agent market. There's not a ton um, in terms of obvious fits. I do think I would take Jerry at his word though that he is looking at kind of left-handed or not necessarily left-handed, but corner infield bats, guys who could play third or first uh, if they absolutely needed to. And I think now with the addition of Pollock, that bat being a left-handed bat actually makes a lot of sense. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go, you know, sniffing around Tommy LaStella or Mike mm-hmm. Moustakis, um, or maybe even is Cole Calhoun still a thing? I, if they want a lefty pinch bat, um, you know, there's but, a lefty outfield bat that uh, currently plays for the Minnesota Twins that I think would be a, a wonderful fit on this roster. Personally speaking, maybe oh, do maybe you? do that. Maybe do that. That would be cool. I'd be down mm-hmm. with that. Would I'd it? Be cool with that. Yeah. You think Max Kepler makes sense still? Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Te- I'm Teo, Teo, Teo DH. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is that is a, probably the best defensive outfield in baseball. If you're going mm-hmm. Kelnick, Teo, and Kepler, 
or sorry, Kelnick, Julio, and Kepler. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably the best you can do uh, in baseball. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably like a little more upside in the bat, but like I mean, we're talking about Nelson Cruz and Tommy Pham and Tommy Lastella. Yeah. So like we're not talking about like, oh yeah, go defense over these hundred and 30 WRC plus guys. No, cue all the people in the comments saying they don't get it with Max Kepler. I don't understand. What is it that you see in Max Kepler? I I see upside. Simple as that. I see a guy who's hit 35 home runs before. I see a guy who's a plus defender in right field. Mm -hmm. See a guy who's a good athlete. I see a guy who's stack hit stack has pages bright red. Um, I just see a guy who needs to put the ball in the air a little bit more. That's all I see. And a guy who is going to be helped, albeit not as much as some people think he is going to be helped by the shift ban uh, or ship shift restrictions. We should say That's um, right. he is a guy, he is one of those guys who will benefit a little bit from that. So um, I like that move. Plus, you know, he's kind of making some money. So if you're really desperate to move Marco or Flexen, I still think that's a swap that kind of makes sense. So, um, but yeah. And, and again, I, I still wouldn't be shocked if they went out and they added like Tyler O'Neill, like that wouldn't surprise me at all either. So, um, Anything can happen. They could be done. They could go make a couple of, you know, small minor league free agent signings and that type of thing. Um, but I, I think they probably have one more bat in them. I just think ultimately it's going to be a left-handed infielder who can kind of play first and third, um, you know, kind of protect sure. themselves if yeah. Gino needs a day or if Ty France goes on the IL or, or whatever, right? They just have a guy there because right now if Ty France goes out for like a month, I mean, you're probably using Dylan Moore and and maybe Evan White at first base for a while, like, yeah. or I guess Gino. But you know, you could slide Gino over, and if you have Tommy Lastella, then Tommy Lastella could play third for a month. You know what I mean? It just they need somebody like that. Well, I would love to say that would do it for our show, but before signing AJ Pollock, <laughs> chills. Oh. Depoto did it again. He made his second trade of the offseason with the Milwaukee Brewers, that is, acquiring right-handed reliever Justin Topa, who I definitely knew existed before today, (laughs) uh, for uh, right-handed relief prospect Joseph Hernandez, who's actually someone that's made some waves over the last year uh, and was even in... uh, you know, uh, discussion for uh, potentially protecting him from the Rule 5 draft uh, last month. Uh, that did not happen, of course. Uh, but yeah, he's now a Milwaukee Brewer and uh, Justin mm-hmm. Topa is now a Seattle Mariner. So uh, I'm I'm just not going to pretend like I, I, I know who Justin Topa is. I'm just going to be real with you. I have no idea who this guy is. So Colby, please help me fill the blanks. <clears throat> Once again, I will do the heavy lifting. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because I, I also totally knew who this guy was before yeah. uh, the deal was made. That's um, right. Yeah. So, look, I don't have a ton on him. Uh, I did, you know, I, I, I think there is one person, though, who who has some opinion on, on uh, Topa who – We've had on the show before, and it, it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Joe Doyle, uh, prospects, uh, prospects live. Um, he had some pretty interesting things to say about uh, this move. Um, Topa is a guy who uh, is 31 years old. He's been around for a while, hasn't really had success in the major leagues, but we're talking about 95 to 98 mile per hour sinker and kind of a sweepy slider that that really has some good bite. There's some good stuff here. 
Um, when you look at it, I'll, I'll just read Joe's exact tweet because, again, I haven't seen him pitch, so I can't speak to this. That's me looking at StatCast and, and like three batters that he's faced. That That's just what I saw from the three batters I faced. Here's Joe mm-hmm. Doyle. Um, quote, Justin Topa is a really interesting analytic get for the Mariners. Sinker-slider combo tunnels well. Slider is a true sweeper. Uh, Seattle's preferred these types of arms. Up to 98 with heavy sink and a deceptive three-quarter delivery. Stuff is better than his baseball card. He also added that Topa grades out unbelievably well on the pitching models, on their pitching models. So it's a stuff. It's a stuff play, right? Essentially mm-hmm. what you're looking at is if if you're Seattle, right, you feel pretty good about the floor of your bullpen right now. Yep. But you kind of need that arm that could just come out of nowhere and just jump it up to the next level. Topa is one of those guys. If you can get him to throw strikes with regularity, which has been a problem for him, you know, then you have two 70-grade pitches what I'm reading on fan graphs um, that can play. And and to me, this deal reminds me so much of a few years back when the Mariners, who was years away from the big leagues and had a little bit of hype, not as much as Hernandez, but he had a little bit of hype uh, when they took him and he just kind of sputtered out. They flipped him in 60 grand, I think, for Austin Adams, who obviously had a big year for Seattle. And then Seattle was actually able to flip Austin Adams in part of the NOLA trade, which helped them land Ty France, Andres Munoz, Taylor Trammell, Luis Trent. So um, I think this Nick is Nick Wells for Andres Munoz. Yeah. I mean, really at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's a little bit like that. Uh, it's not exactly Adams threw a few more strikes than even uh, Topa does, but it's really good stuff um, coming from kind of a, a funky arm angle. Uh, he hides the ball pretty well. And the sinker I'm t- from what I watched, the sinker has some real, like it, it runs hard in on the righties. And the slider, I mean, it 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 looks kind of like a wiffle ball sometimes. It just so slowly sweeps across the plate. But on the times that he can locate those pitches, he's made guys look like you know fools. So mm-hmm. it's a huge upside play for the Mariners. He's 31. He's got all three options left. He doesn't have to make the team out of free agency or out of uh, spring training. So if he pitches his way into the road, into the uh, bullpen out of spring training, great. That probably means he's, the Mariners have something. They figured it out. And they're going to get more out of him than Milwaukee could ever dream of. If he doesn't, oh, well, you lost a prospect who, while interesting, is at least three years away from the big leagues. And there's a lot of question marks as to whether or not he can get to the big leagues. It's not like they gave up a ton to get this guy. It's a lottery ticket for a lottery ticket. Just Seattle's lottery ticket has a chance to help them pretty significantly this year, whereas Milwaukee's lottery ticket is three years away. and They just wanted the 40-man spot. That's really what it comes down to. Well, I have no idea who he is, but I can't wait to watch him be a top 10 reliever in all of baseball this next season. Mariners relievers, baby. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. They're going to get him throwing strikes and boom, there you go. High high leverage reliever. <laughs> Mariners pitching we laugh. is awesome. Just, just wait until like June 28th when Topa's getting like all the save opportunities. Just wait. We're going to be like, go. is Topa an all-star? Like, I mean, look at the numbers, man. Like. Well, we'll see how it goes, but uh, it, it was certainly interesting. Um, and it's one of those classic Jerry moves, right? Where the team breaks the news and he just kind of comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh, okay, cool. So yeah, it was fun to learn a little bit about him. Um, maybe we can try and get Joe on the show at some point to kind of discuss the models uh, that they like on Topa. Let, let's get Justin Topa on the show. How about that? Let's do it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's make it happen. Get the hashtag going. <laughs> let's do it. I, I can't imagine that that would be too difficult to set up. <clears throat> but 
to tease something. We do have an interview mm. coming next week mm. with with, with mm. somebody who has pitched out of the Mariners bullpen. Let's say that. Wow. Way. Okay. There we go. There you go. There we go. Mm-hmm. Nice little tease. All right. Well, we'll see if we get f- left on red again, but uh, feeling good about it. Feeling good about yeah, it. Yeah. Feeling better. So if it doesn't happen, you know, it's not our fault, obviously. Duh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on an emergency episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen after the AJ Pollock signing and the Justin Topa trade. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. So Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day and hopefully we'll see you on Monday. Peace.